Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Hey, Christy, how are you doing today? Hello on this snowy day. We just had a huge ice storm here in, in Steubenville, Ohio. Yeah, I'm glad we made it out. I'm glad we made it out. I'm glad we finally have power. And today we're actually talking with a really special guest who is, I guess, kind of a neighbor of ours here in Steubenville, but she didn't start out that way. She, I would say she's a local legend and a Franciscan legend. I would agree with you. When she received her master's and became the principal of the Catholic schools in Steubenville, she has received many notable academic awards. In 2015 and 2019, Bishop Musio Junior High School won the Innovations in Education Award for Community Partnerships from today's Catholic Teacher Magazine. In 2019, Bishop Musio Elementary School won the Innovations in Education Award for Curriculum and Instruction from today's Catholic Teacher Magazine. In addition, for the last 13 years, Bishop Musio Junior High has won the Governor's Thomas Edison Award for Excellence in STEM Education. So she is rocking it as principal. And on the alumni front, she was our very own Alumni Award recipient of the Rose DeFeedy Faithful Franciscan Award in 2019. So it is our honor and our pleasure to welcome Teresa Fisher Danaher to the podcast. Thank you, ladies. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's so good to have you. So Teresa is, um, we'll get to kind of where she is right now as the principal of the local Catholic school, but can we go back, Teresa, and can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you ended up at Franciscan? Sure. I am from Hopog, Long Island, a little town in Suffolk County, and I grew up and went to school there my whole life. Uh, My mother wanted me to come to then College of Steubenville. Uh, She had seen a brochure when we were at a conference, and of course, when your mother wants you to do something, it's not what you usually want to do. So (laughs) I said, no, that's okay. And uh, about a year later, after a year of community college, um, I saw a yearbook in the home of um, a family I babysat for that was the Baron, and it was from Franciscan. Well, then it was College of Steubenville. And I talked to them about it, and they said, you know, it's a great place. We met there, small town, Catholic college. You get $250 off if you go visit. And I thought, ooh, tuition's about a grand. It's 25%. I think that'll make mom happy. I'll go visit. Probably won't like it, but I'll go visit. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So we did. We made the trek. We came out. um, That was before the bypass. So you drove through downtown Weirton and... You know, for a kid who grew up near the beach on Long Island, it wasn't the best sight to see, but (laughs) the college on the hill really uh, won me over pretty quickly. It was warm, welcoming, friendly kids, and I came the next fall. That's crazy. And, I mean, you never left, right? Yeah, I kind of never left. (laughs) I actually left for one summer. I went home and worked, and then I started staying in the summer, living on the hill with some friends and Worked in the summer here up on campus. One summer I was a janitor. One summer I worked the conferences. 
Um, but I really fell in love with the place. And awesome. the story goes on. All four of my children have been born in Steubenville. <laughs> wow. Who would have thought? Yeah, and siblings as well. Yes, eventually my brother John um, came after me. My senior year, he came into school. And uh, then my brother Mark was due to come like five years later, and my dad retired. He was an air traffic controller in New York, and after the strike, he took an early retirement. And he and my mom moved here, much to my brother's chagrin, because he was going away to college. (laughs) So they let him live on campus, and... He came, and then all four from my family did go through for, um, College of Steubenville. It became the university um, in spring of my senior year. So I oh. attended the college and graduated from the university. Oh, wow. That's kind of fun. cool. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you probably saw a lot of growth and change during Tons. those years. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time um, at the university. I loved college life. Um, I was kind of homesick for about two weeks, and then... Didn't look back. I mean, no. just a great, it was just a great place. Very small and personal. Um, you knew everybody. Yeah. I think there were only about 300 people on campus. Oh, wow. Thomas More was empty. That was um, the renewal center at the time. So there were no people living there, just three dorms. That's what some, uh, a previous guest we had, they said they used to call it Tommy Morgue. Yes. Because there oh, wasn't. Oh, Morgue. I know. Isn't that terrible? Wow. <laughs> because there was no, there were no people. But I think you probably were there as the tides were kind of turning then as people started to come. Yeah, people. I think I think um, enrollment did go up slightly, but it still was a very small college when I graduated. And so what was the campus culture like? Like, what did you get involved in when you were here? Um, let's see. They started households. Now, one of the interesting things about households were you were assigned a household. Oh. So whatever wing in the dorm you randomly were placed in, that wing was your household. So I was in Trinity, uh, the orange-walled hallway, <laughs> and we had whatever girls lived in that wing, we became a household. And we were given the task to create um, a theme. You, you could decide whether you wanted to be a social household, a faith-based household, a sports-based household. Wow. You came up with your own agreements, rhythm of life that you wanted to do. But it was kind of a neat challenge because it made you bond and become friends with people that you might not have anything in common with. Yeah. And for me, the unique part is, um, I mean, I don't know how many years have I been out, way too many decades, <laughs> and I still get together every year with my household. Do you really? Mm-hmm, every year. But, I mean, sometimes multiple times a year, oh, but at least once a year we all get together. Lately, years past, we've, they've been coming to Steubenville just because it's fun to see the changes at, at the university. Oh, my gosh. But we've also gone to Indiana twice. And So what does that look like? Do once you were on that wing, you just stayed on that wing, or you um, most did. I didn't because I became an RA the next year. So then okay. I stayed in the building, but moved to two different places. But I stayed in that household. Okay, so you wouldn't switch households if you moved. Um, no, it was kind of like freshman year. You're yeah into mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Interesting. And sometimes you'd take in new people that right. that might move in to the hall and stuff because people left, but. That's a really fascinating, I had no idea that households started that way. Literally, it was the people you lived with. It that's, was your household. That's like, yeah. exactly it. Yeah. So what was the focus of yours? Well, we decided we'd want a faith-based household because all of us uh, seemed to come to the College of Steubenville for the Catholic environment, uh, that we wanted a small Catholic college. And you got to pick your own name. Now, this is a funny story. <laughs> so we picked the name Our God Reigns because we liked the song. And we, we also liked the acronym OGR. So we always went by the term the Ogres. Oh my so God. we were known as the Ogres. And we had OGR t-shirts. And 
We, we kind of liked the play on words there. I like that. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. We actually painted a little mural in our common room at the end of the hall with the scripture on it. and we were a fun group. Yeah, it's not, it sounds like you're still a fun group, to be perfectly we do, honest. We do have a lot of, we have a lot of fun together. <laughs> That's amazing. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you, you know, you came to Franciscan, you, it, um, you majored in education. Did you always know you wanted to go to go into that field or did you just kind of fall into it or what? I did. I used to run school in the backyard in the summers. You know, I was one of those kids. I'd get all my teacher's old dittos, and I, the neighborhood parents would pay me a quarter, and I'd take their kids for a couple hours. And, oh, my gosh. So not just play yeah. school. This was like real school. They were yeah. like, Teresa's keeping our kids up during, during the bit. summers. And I taught CCD. In fact, I, I begged my pastor in New York to let me teach CCD when I was, I think, in seventh or eighth grade. And he said, you're too young. And I kind of persisted. And I said, how about give me first grade? I can do first grade. So I did. And I've loved teaching the faith ever since then. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So where was your first job after you graduated? Um, well, it was at Holy Rosary School. And the irony of it is that's where I am now. So I've come <laughs> full circle. I started there in 1980. And about six years ago, when I was principal at the junior high, they asked me to also take on the elementary across the street. So I did both. And then this year, as a gift, as I'm edging closer to retirement, I'm just at the elementary. So my office is every day right where I started teaching across the hall. So it's, it's a real gift. That's pretty amazing looking at it, you know, the arc, the mm-hmm. kind of the lines that God draws from the very beginning. Um, so did you, um, when you started teaching, what grades were you teaching? What ages? Junior high was kind of my passion. Um, I always went to school thinking I'd be a first grade teacher. And I did an early experience at the public middle school here in Steubenville under a phenomenal lady who was very gifted. And I thought, you know what? I want to do what she does. And so I took my first, excuse me, <clears throat> I took my first job at Holy Rosary then teaching seventh and eighth grade. And I did that um, for, I think, five years till my firstborn. Um arrived. And then I stayed home for 12 years with my kids, which was a real gift. And the last two years, I tried homeschooling, which <laughs> sounded idyllic to me, combined my passion in, for my career with my children. My son wasn't quite um, as idyllic about it. so <laughs> He wasn't as passionate. Uh, not as passionate. That's, that's the right word. I kept saying if my second child had been my first, I might have homeschooled a little longer. Oh. But it just didn't suit Andrew. And um, He's just a great guy who did much better having somebody else other than mom as his teacher. Yeah. So uh, they did go back, and they actually went to Holy Rosary, which is the school where I had started teaching. And all four of my kids went through there, and I did a lot of volunteering. And then when my youngest was three, I went back. Oh, my gosh. And, and I taught there for like another 12 years, um, or maybe se- maybe it was seven. I think it was 12 all along. And then I went into administration and went back up the hill to Franciscan to uh, the graduate program, which was great. And so does that mean that you were getting your master's at the same time some of your kids were getting their undergrad then? I was. Now, that was a challenge. So my oldest was um, away at Cincinnati in school, at a small school there, and I was. My husband stepped up to the plate because I still had three in school, two in high school and one in grade school, Right. and I was going for my master's. But I did it over a couple of years because I was – I took my first principal job one year into my master's program. Um, they took me on in faith that I would succeed and get my master's, mm-hmm. and I became principal downtown at All Saints, uh, which is attached to St. Peter's right. Church downtown, and that was a, just a lovely school family to start a career. 
absolutely a great place. Um, I learned a lot from the women I worked with there, and that kind of made me the principal that I am. They were a great crew. And then we moved to Bishop Mizio when the bishop, our current bishop, started um, consolidating parishes due to the economy in the valley. And we had to then look at the schools. And that's what we did. We combined all of our area grade schools, formed Bishop Mizio schools, and that's when I opened the junior high school. So then you can kind of you kind of combined your passion for that junior high, but on an administrative level. Yeah, it was real. That was so exciting to actually form. You know, we had never had a Catholic junior high school in this whole area of the state, so hmm. oh. that was pretty exciting. Separate school within a school. It's on the high school campus, but it's a separate entity. And um, this is year fourteen for the junior high. Oh my gosh! That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great place. That's yeah, amazing. That is, and so. Um, we briefly mentioned that some of your children went to Franciscan, but you were telling us before we went on the air that not just your children, but a couple of your family members you figured out have gone through (laughs) Franciscan. When I thought about it, I thought, well, she's going to ask me that question, so I should count. (laughs) And I added up between two on my husband's side of the family, all four of of us, and then our spouses and our children, I came up with 24. So we have 24 that have been on the hill here in since 1980. Since 1980. That's amazing. So you guys have seen a lot of change and growth. Obviously in Steubenville, you've been connected yes. to the community, but also on the hill. So can you tell us a little bit about what you've seen and the changes that have happened? Sure. Um, I think one of the most exciting changes I saw initially was when the field house came about. Um, the original field The original, house. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, that was just monumental. I mean, what is now, um, what do they call the, the room in the J.C. Williams Center? The, the uh, tower? Or, or the, um, um, it was the gym, gallery. the Gentile Gallery. Yes. So that was our field house. That oh was our gosh. gym. You'd get your mail and you'd go in. You could barely hold a basketball, intramural basketball game in there. There's wow. right. spectators up against the walls. There was a sauna and a whirlpool. And <laughs> Whoa, that priorities. was it. That was it. <laughs> so when I went... Um, when I went into the field house, I was just in awe. And we've been able to use that facility for our school. I brought all my junior high students up there for a retreat, and we love to go to the games and go to some of the, the larger liturgical celebrations they use it for. So yeah. that type of – plus it also brought sports back on campus, which to me was huge because the Barons were still pretty active when I was in school. We would go to the arena and we would watch the basketball games. In fact, they had male and female cheerleaders at the time. I remember one of oh my, my friends gosh. was the one that would vault the girls on his shoulders Whoa. and we'd go there. And we graduated from um, the university at the field house. I mean, at St. John's Arena, which is where right. the basketball team played because we didn't have a facility big enough on campus. Where is that? It's um, the YMCA now here in Steubenville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the biggest arena in the area right. because they didn't have anything big enough to host these big, you know, sporting events right. or even what you said, graduation, right? Yeah, graduation was there. And basketball was big. I mean, Hank oh, Kuzma yeah. had started that dynasty of basketball that had a great tradition. Yeah. So to see that all come back with the field house was exciting. The dorms, too, that was a huge thing. I mean, if I mean you, you were could in Trinity, say, right? we were in Trinity. Okay. And then one of my sons ended up moving into Trinity decades later. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't look all that different. <laughs> that was the scary part. Had the same smell when you entered into the lobby, that dorm smell. Yeah. So to walk into some of these new dorms, it's like, oh, do these kids realize? Like, it's like mm. they're living in luxury, you know? Right. It was really neat to see. Yeah, you, you've seen. Mm-hmm. And then the too. science center was another huge thing because I was a science teacher when I was teaching in junior high. And when they opened that 
they very graciously allowed us to bring students up and we held workshops and labs in there and it, it's been a great resource. It's just such a tremendous asset to the community. Even with COVID and everything that's been going on in the last few years, the collaboration between the University Science Center and our local hospital has been tremendous. So, oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, the mm-hmm. new building hopefully will, can even grow that I know. with even more science wings. Can you believe it? I know. That's exciting. It is. And, and you've, really, you've really been a part of that link and that strengthening of that um, communication and relationship between the local community and Franciscan. I mean, yeah, the, your presence. The, the partnership has been really great. The university has been tremendous in, well, particularly in the field of education. Like they always provide us with student teachers. Um, I know you've had Dr. Sun Yogurt you've yes. interviewed before. She always does uh, creative writing projects with our students where they pass journals back and forth. Um, there have been numerous partnerships. The science, the science department, when I first became a science teacher, I have to be honest with you, now, in order to teach junior high science, you actually need licensure. <laughs> um, back in those days, a K-8 to license, they said, sure, you can teach science. And I'm thinking, eh, you didn't see my <laughs> physics grade in high school. I don't think you really want me teaching science. But the university had us, Dr. Herman would have us come up once a month, and science teachers in the area would come in, and he'd do labs and give demonstrations and bring in the biology professors. And So there's been a lot of reaching out, and now you just see – how the impact is rolling over now that they've taken over the green space in a wonderful way and opened it to the community with coffee shops and hotels and ice skating rinks. And it's really brought a connection that I didn't see when I was a student between the hill and the town. Yeah. I only hope that grows mm-hmm. more and more. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Because it's a great town to live in. I've been blessed to raise my children here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, speaking of your children, you have a story of this past Christmas with one of your kids that we would love to hear. Sure. This, it really caught me by surprise. So my second um, oldest son is a Dominican friar, and he's a graduate of Franciscan. And normally he is never home on holidays. When your son joins a religious order, that's their first family and their commitment with their solemn vows. So this Christmas, he surprised us and was able to be here on Christmas Day, which just doesn't happen. So as a mom, you know, that had me very excited <laughs> Christmas morning. And he had said, you know, Mom, I need, I want to say Mass somewhere special for Christmas. So I had been um, at the Faith in the Future breakfast downtown with people from work. And at the traffic light, we bumped into the Franciscan sisters. And I saw one of Tim's uh, friends that he had gone through campus with, who's now a Franciscan sister. And I said, do you have anybody celebrating Mass for you on Christmas? And she said, oh, who? And I said, well, you know, and I mentioned father and she said oh my goodness yes so they arranged it and on Christmas morning I said now you remember my family has to come here and grandma and grandpa so they moved it from their downtown house to their campus house and we had a Christmas morning mass with the sisters that live downtown that do ministry the four there the four that live on campus when I was any of you old people that are around like me know that that was the housing projects and we had friends that lived there when we were in college but Now that's student housing, and the sisters have their uh, campus housing there with their own chapel, which was large enough to host us. So we went up to campus, um, and it was my daughter and son and friend and husband and my parents and about eight Franciscan sisters. It was just beautiful. And Mass is beginning, and the first reading starts, and um, it was Isaiah from chapter 52, verse 7, which happens to be the scripture that my household in 1977 chose to name their household. So 
I kind of am sitting there in shock, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, my son is saying mass up in what was the housing projects <laughs> with nuns, and the reading is my household reading that started all this in 1980. <laughs> And I just sat there and thanked God and cried. It was like a a full circle of being so grateful for coming here. I mean, most people would say, you left Long Island. And it's like, you know what? But I found a community at the university and in the city of Steubenville and the local church that I just, I wouldn't want to trade for the world. And that was the moment when I realized it and I was grateful for it. And it's a Christmas memory I will always remember. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That's beautiful. Thank you. It is. Oh, my gosh. So... I hate for this interview to like wrap up, but we have to ask everybody these questions. And it's always interesting to hear what people say. So when you were here, did you have a favorite professor or class Mm -hmm. that you took? Uh, Dr. Mary Lucille Smith was my favorite professor. She not only taught math and was an incredible educator, but she rescued me from my student teaching where the students, it was anarchy the day (laughs) I entered. And she she taught me something that, classroom management comes before teaching and she made the whole experience about that and I learned invaluable information from her that made me who I was as a teacher that's amazing I actually had her when I was Did here you? Me and too. She, she was my favorite education professor she really and she would always pull me aside and say hey don't you think you want to be a middle school math teacher I really think <laughs> you have it in you and I was like no I want the babies well lo and behold I ended up teaching fifth grade so I probably should have listened to her and I I loved teaching math, so shout out to Dr. There Mary you Lucille go. Smith. I should have I should have listened to her. So maybe that'll be in my You my still next could. Life. Yes. Uh oh. Teresa's giving me the eye. <laughs> she lives in Steubenville. I could hire her. <laughs> okay. Did you have a favorite friar when you were here? Oh yes. Father Ange. He was my favorite Italian friar. He was just <laughs> he was just a wonderful man who was a good role model and spiritual leader. That's awesome. How about your favorite place to study when you were a student? Um, they would open the cafeteria 24 hours during finals, and they'd serve breakfast, and we'd be there all night. And great study groups would happen before midterms and finals in the cafeteria. Well, that's, that's awesome. Cool. I don't know. Do they still do that here? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, and they gave that's you awesome. snacks all night long. It was great. That's oh, my awesome. gosh. Bring it I feel back. like it would just become a party. But <laughs> the studious students. For those of us that go. were crammers, no, it was serious studying. <laughs> <laughs> Study <All> right. groups. <laughs> that's great. Um, what about your favorite thing to do off campus? As a student, oh. before you were a local like you are Oh, you're going to laugh. There was this old um, disco called the Aquanaut. <laughs> And we would all go and disco dance. You have to remember, this was, you know, late 70s. They had, like, the balls that would spin. And (laughs) it was a lot better than dancing in the PSB, which was Program Snack Bar, where they played the, you know, they had a jukebox. Oh, my gosh. We would go there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I still pass it on the way to the track at Stanton where my kids run. And it it doesn't look very appealing as an old (laughs) building right now, but I thought we used to go there. That's so funny. That's great. You're the first Mm -hmm. person to mention it. Yeah. Well. (laughs) Okay, so where... Um, has been the craziest place that you have seen a fellow, or couldn't? it might not just be a fellow, but another FUS grad, if you run into anybody. I was on um, the wharf, Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, and I bumped into people that were Franciscan grads that I knew from Steubenville, and I just kind of stood there and went, wait a minute, why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so that was cool. 
That is really cool. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. So our last question, since you've been a part of so much of student life and transitioning to life outside of uh, Franciscan, what would you tell a student attending the university today? Um, any advice for them and their future? Hmm. Uh, treasure the time you have because college is such a special time um, and you really have time to focus on your own life, your own growth, and your own skill set, both what you're going to do with your career and your vocation. Um, so be grateful for the time and also humble because we receive so much and it's so important to just go where God plants you and bloom and know that it's only grace that gave us what we, the gifts we have. Stay humble and stay dependent on God. Well, I would definitely say that you have bloomed where you've plant, been planted. I would say you have flourished and you are giving Thank a you. lot of people many blessings and many grace being here. I'm going to start crying. Um, yeah. <laughs> So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank and you for having we, me. we uh, look forward to continuing to see uh, where your family is in, around Steubenville and with the university. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill. <laughs>